1: birthday to you
2: if there is a monday you know monday's probably like the least favorite my least favorite day to have a birthday but if there's a monday in which to have a birthday on it might be this one can i I tell you
1: something philosophical phil wow we're gonna go very deep here right off the bat be happy any day you have a birthday because it means you're still going strong. Yeah? Yes.
2: It's kind of like, hey, be happy on days at my age when you're sore. That means you're I still you're still alive.
1: I, I get predictions wrong in sports, but I really got your birthday prediction. You're closer to 50 than I thought you were. Yeah.
2: I know it doesn't look like it, folks. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because I just naturally look so young and energetic
1: here at 6 a.m. in the morning. So After if, after we lose an hour over the weekend. Oh, I hope you guys I, recovered I that from that, back. by the way. I want that back. All right. So our appers, get your well wishes in for Mark today. It's your last day to get him on the 47th <laughs> birthday. <laughs> the last, <laughs> last day of, for the 47th. Did you have a, a party? We we had party a little. Party we, had a
2: little, we ran over to New Orleans uh, yesterday. That's so a we saw party, some family. Channel. So that was good. And uh, like, uh, But... You know, this is a good day. This is a good, it's as good a Monday as any to have a birthday, man. You got the NCAA tournament, you got the post Oscars. Congratulations to Triple G's Avatar, they won for like costume design or something, uh, or whatever uh you know alabama's in the news
1: Boy, are they ever. we got we got some we got some stuff to get to plus we have a lot of nfl news with the panthers uh trading up to get the number one draft pick jalen ramsey signing uh with the dolphins are being traded to the dolphins uh we had a number of college basketball men's firings but let's start with alabama they um i I really expected some closer games with Alabama, but they really put it together. They just rolled through the opposition. I I was very, very impressed. And who could not be? In fact, just about all the talking heads on ESPN, most of them picked Alabama to win the NCAA championship. And it all starts like this. And and it's, it's, it's so interesting to hear when they say, we have Brandon Miller and you don't. And that's and that's that's basically in one line why many on the podium yesterday on ESPN's follow up to Selection Sunday picked Alabama to reach not only reach the Final Four but to win it all. I think Jay Billis was about the only one who did not. And but he did come on and say, Alabama, they're just playing at a high, high level right now. And, you know, even when they're not shooting well, which they weren't in some of the halves during these games, like I expected a lot closer game with Texas a and M. I I really did, Mark. But that was such a route at the end, because once once those guys start hitting the threes and A&M can't counter. Uh, OK, to set the stage now, the 68 team field, it starts tomorrow. Texas A&;M Corpus Christi is the first game they'll take on Southeastern Missouri State. And the winner of that game gets Alabama. In Birmingham at 1:45 Thursday. How's this? Auburn also going to Birmingham, 5:45, they'll take on Iowa. And the, the irony of a lot of this is that Auburn, if they win, If they win, they're a ninth seed, Iowa's an eighth seed, they draw Houston, figuring Houston's going to win their first game. So they would actually talk about a home court advantage, Birmingham obviously being a lot closer than Houston is now. If Houston makes it to the Final Four, they play in Houston. Mark, I'm telling you, it would be a shocker to me, I say shocker, it would be a surprise if there is not at least one Texas school in that in the, the final four, you got you got Baylor, you got Texas, you got Texas A and M, uh, you got Houston. Now the thing about it is, and and I'm I'm not going to come on the air and find fault with what the NCAA's collection committee. I mean, you'd be hard pressed. I know every yeah. I I know the people that are paid to do this. well, they snubbed no, they didn't snub anybody. None of those teams that didn't make it uh, are, are are you know are going to win the tournament anyway, but. I do feel there was one omission. And, and again, it's, it's apples and oranges because it really doesn't matter. But Houston, Alabama got the overall number one seed. No surprise there. Houston got the second. I would have picked Kansas the second overall number one seed over Houston because Kansas' strength of schedule in the nation was number one. Houston, 96. And then you look at their quad wins you got to give it to Kentucky. Plus, we don't know now about Sasser and his status going forward with Houston, their best player. He didn't play yesterday, and they got beat by Memphis. I would, have, But it doesn't matter. I mean, you're number one seed. What difference does it really make? So the field is set. Uh, one glaring omission is North Carolina. Not that they didn't make the NCAA, but they have declined to go to the NIT.
2: Actually, I kind of got the sense that – to your point about the the seeding there, especially at the top of the bracket, that conference tournaments kind of mattered for the first time in a while. We spent a little time last week talking about how it didn't, uh, but Alabama got the top seat over Kansas and Houston. Uh, both Kansas and Houston— for various reasons, did not win their conference tournament. So you wonder if the roles were reversed, if that would have been different. Uh, even uh, the the tournament uh, committee chair said that it was kind of an interesting process. If you watched uh, some of the comments he made, um, you know Kansas was obviously without their Con- their coach. Houston was out without one of its leading scores. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, and they wound up losing those games. And so we spent a lot of time talking about how these games re- really don't matter. In-, in the grand scheme of things, you'd like to win or one or two of them and then kind of maybe gracefully bow out of that conference tournament so you guys can get your legs out under them and be ready for the NCAA tournament. As it turned out, uh, winning the SEC tournament certainly paid dividends for, for Alabama and Kansas and Houston, uh, if you call it uh, a penalty, Uh, losing actually kind of backfired on them
1: if alabama continues to play they are they it's early and you and i will get into this more probably wednesday or thursday morning and i know you have not had a chance to look at your brackets yet mark as you were on the road yesterday but i like alabama coming out of the south i really do most people would probably pick alabama and arizona coming down to the wire and i would go with alabama uh, to represent the South in the uh, Final Four, you look at the East where Purdue is the number one seed. And if you know if the conference tournaments really meant that much, then why didn't Purdue move ahead of Kansas or Houston because they won, but by an eyelash, barely beat Penn State. Penn State made a remarkable comeback, only to lose in the final uh, seconds. But I don't like Purdue right now. I, I don't know why, but the, I think one of the best games. And the first uh, two, you know, on either Thursday or Friday, is Kentucky and Providence. I, I just think that is a terrific matchup. One reason is that Providence is one of their best players used to play at Kentucky. But Marquette is a team to watch in the East. I haven't decided yet between Marquette and Duke. And then you go to the Midwest, and that's where Houston is. And I'm reluctant, even though I know everybody says, well, Houston, if they get to the Final Four, they're playing at home. Yeah, but without Sasser, how good are they really? So I'm looking at Miami and Texas right now. I haven't decided which one. I think Texas might be the team to beat in the Midwest. And we go to the West, and I'm going to stay with Kansas.
2: Uh, a couple things from the SEC tournament. I'm curious to see how what you guys thought about this. So Vanderbilt fans— taunting Brandon Miller with Brandon killer during the course of uh, the tournament. And then did you see the story about, or the photo of the guy wearing an Alabama shirt where on the back, it said killing our way through the
1: sec. You know, I, I did, Mark, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not laughing at it. I, I just think people are very stupid. <laughs> I really do, you know. They, and 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 again, what get lost in all of this is the the tragic shooting of a 23 year old mother of a five year old son. No, I, I, don't find any humor in that. I saw it. I, it's, I'm sickened by it. I, I, I don't, I don't understand, especially if you said that was an Alabama fan. It was an Alabama yeah. fan. It was an Alabama shirt. Stupid. And.
2: Uh, Al dot com reported that uh, officials, SEC officials, or maybe it was arena officials, said that if they see anybody with that shirt, they'll be escorted out. Well, they certainly didn't make any effort to escort this guy out when he first walked through the doors. Now, I'm not suggesting that they they're going to be able to see everybody coming through and reading people's I'm just shirts. Curious, how crazy is that? Yeah,
1: I, I just what goes through somebody's mind to do something like that I just like don't that? understand how that's funny I don't either and and I was sickened by it and I would say a majority of people had to be unless uh, unless they're living in a warped world but for somebody to, to to come in and 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 this again to overlook everything about you know this whole incident I I just people just don't get it they really don't and you see where Greg Gumble is getting uh, some social feedback on things that he said he tried I think it's I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, by the way, on that, the latest on that is Darius Miller, in case you missed it, and Michael Davis. Uh, they were indicted this week, and that's, that's not a surprise. That was going to happen, and one of the attorneys said, hey, I'm glad that's over with so we can go to trial. But uh, the, the two that are charged with capital murder – but, I mean, Greg Gumbel uh, on the podium yesterday, you know – just get on there and, and, and do your diligence with the teams and where they're going. I think sometimes it's better for these guys not to say anything about the case that they know so little about. Because no matter what you do, Mark, and, and Greg Gumble found this out yesterday, you, you're, you're going to get hit social media. And that's, that's what happened with him yesterday. I'm not saying he was right or wrong. What did he say? Basically, he just mentioned the case and uh, he didn't people were saying he didn't mention that there was a murder in the case or something like that all i'm saying is it's better just to avoid it especially if you're not really up to it on it and you really don't know all the facts because you know the a, a large segment of the population is going to get on you for not saying the right thing so it was just i, I think he left out like the, the murder and all that he was talking about alabama look alabama is the overall number one seed it's just suffice to say that, okay, that we're talking, you know, I, on national TV. Go on and say that, and, and leave it alone, and not expose yourself to uh, social media. But he did.
2: He uh, he said, and I quote: "Alabama sidestepped a situation involving a criminal activity in which Brandon Miller was associated. He was not charged. They are headed. They're here as the number one overall seat. So I think people were." Took exception to the word sidestepped. Yeah. Uh,
1: But again, uh, no question in my mind, once Alabama ripped a and I said they've got to be the overall number one seed. Then I watched Houston get beat. Of course, you mentioned Kansas. They lost the previous day. And I thought maybe Purdue with their win, if conference tournaments really mean all that much, I thought maybe Purdue winning over Penn State, but they didn't do it in a great way. Penn State almost won that game. uh, But nevertheless, they get the fourth number one seed so a lot of people are saying this is a very open tournament but a lot of the talking heads mark say if there is such a thing as an overall favorite it has to be alabama and who would have thought that alabama the first time ever as a number one seed yeah
2: uh and love the fact i mean how can you not be excited that one
1: alabama's in
2: birmingham two auburn's in birmingham you know that's, you know that's awesome about that's that? really
1: cool one of our guests today is thrilled that's sonny smith sonny smith due to health concerns in his family does not travel distance to do the commentary however the fact that it's in birmingham will give him a chance to go and broadcast that game for the auburn radio network if it was anywhere else mark he wouldn't have made the trip
2: all right so today uh, coming up at six thirty, drew Diarman will join us we'll talk a little sec tournament ncaa tournament with him uh, we have some Chick-fil-A giveaway. John Ricchetti will be along for the Millite Golf Report. We have to get some more you guys qualified for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge, which is this Wednesday at Moe's downtown. So be listening for one shining moment. Be the first person to call. Uh, Nick at 694-1055. Taylor Zarzer will join us to talk uh, a little NFL. And Roger Hoover at 8 o'clock on Alabama Basketball and Baseball. You mentioned sonny smith and i don't talk a lot of baseball you know this but the atrocity that was the uno game did you all see this oh my goodness an umpire was suspended all that coming up and more here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather we're off and running on a monday stay with us
3: hey there this is bob
0: Bob barmauer ex John. I'm Ed Fry Cook, and I listen to 105.5 WNSP, Mobile, Alabama. It's just another Manic Mother.
2: 23 actually that clock has not been changed and I knew it was early but it's not that early Uh, we appreciate you making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff Want to let you know if you're interested in getting to a little bracket challenge, uh triple g there has hooked us up Triple g, uh, what can you share with us in terms of setting up the little bracket for us
4: Yeah, so, um Hang on one sec Uh, (laughs) uh So, yeah, you can uh, join the Bracket Challenge and see if you're smarter than, well, we all know you're smarter than Mark, but you can see if you're smarter than Lee, myself, Corey, Michael, everyone here. Uh, You can just go to the link. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter profile, or I just put the link in the app. So, you know, all y'all like to talk some smack. So let's see if you can back it up Thank you, sir.
1: Mark, uh, I mentioned earlier a lot of coaches' firings over the week, and Isaac Brown, who I know very well and was a good friend of mine when he coached at South, been fired by Wichita State, St. John's coach is out, Georgia Tech fired their coach, South Florida fired theirs, and it looks like Will Wade back on the sidelines coaching McNeese, and there's a lot of rumors about Rick Pitino leaving Iona to take one of those jobs that I just mentioned. The other story that really made the news, obviously, and that's why we got Taylor Zarzer, who does Carolina Panther uh, preseason games. The Panthers have traded up to get the number one overall pick. And there's a four draft picks they're giving up in this deal. So they get the number one pick now. We'll get more into that a little later on. And Jalen Ramsey was traded by the Rams to the Dolphins. So a lot of NFL news over the weekend.
2: It's like a it's like an extended director's cut of the scoreboard there. There was so much to get in. You there had to is. go extended. You had to go the Snyder cut.
1: Yeah, and also I will mention AJ McCarron and Brandon Silver both had good games this week in the XFL. I know Rock wasn't there because I saw him presenting yesterday.
2: Yeah, what, what was
1: that he was wearing? That I was don't a, know. Was that a, was that a I, I had, guess it was pink. Was it pink? Uh, uh, it looked kind of like a, a tannish color or kind of. So
2: I actually watched most of, I missed a, some, I, I watched the opening monologue and then I watched and I missed some of it because I had to run out. But here was my only, here's my biggest, well, I got a couple of gripes with the Oscars, but why is it that. Every category seemed to be have the same movies nominated, whether it was sound or director or best picture or costume.
1: It seemed like it was the same group of movies. Well, I think, uh, Jimmy Kimmel probably summed it up. He said maybe the Academy, these movies are so long now they just get bored and they can only go to one or two movies. They can't go see more. Uh, Maybe, maybe so. I mean, after you go to some of these two and a half hour to three hour movies, maybe, well, or maybe you can't afford it. Maybe you can't go see another movie. I don't know. But you're right. Um. I guess the winning picture, and I—I've lost count of all this. I was doing most of the NCAA college basketball preparation. Had something like uh, seven, eight, nine nominations, or something like that. But I, again, except for Top Gun Maverick, I was so unfamiliar with the movies. I, I kind of—I—I I didn't really have a, let's say, a, a dog in the hunt.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was hoping for an upset there for Maverick to take it, but as the night progressed, it was pretty yep. obvious that uh, if you were seeding the Best Picture nominees, it was probably Maverick was probably, there were 10 pictures that were nominated. They were probably somewhere around the 8, 9, or 10 seed there. They were they were certainly an underdog. You think that's maybe why Tom Cruise bypassed it? They didn't yeah. show up? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. As much as they keep that stuff under lock and key, uh, my guess is if anybody can uh, get that information ahead of time, it's probably Tom Cruise, so... They were probably be the they would have been in the play in game for that best picture nominee it, it it appears.
1: But they won for like sound editing or they something. They got the sound. So that's all that matters. Yeah, it took a while for the uh, winners to get up there because they were pushed way in the back of the auditorium. <laughs> They're not exactly star power alpha people yeah. in the front. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, It was all
2: good. It was it was fine. I was a little disappointed. I just I just want a little americano to win. That's all. Just good old-fashioned, you know, cheer for the good old USA. But whatever. It's just, great. It's just good to be nominated or something.
1: Uh, at the <laughs> NCAA tournament uh, begins tomorrow with the two playing games, then two on Wednesday, and then it really gets going with the 16 uh, games on Thursday and the 16 on Friday. And I just find it so ironic that both Alabama and Auburn couldn't have gotten it any better. They both go to Birmingham. So, obviously... I, I don't think there's any doubt about that place being sold out uh, for this weekend, at least for Thursday. I find it very interesting that if Houston wins their first game, which they should, there's a possibility if Auburn can beat Iowa, that Auburn would have a decided home court advantage in that second, in that second game on Saturday.
2: I, uh, I appreciated Bruce Pearl, um, kind of explaining why Auburn got or the received kind of the the uh seating that it got. I thought I thought he was uh well versed in the situation he kind of laid out his resume um and he said he look we knew we were going to be somewhere in the 8 9 10 range. Um and um of course he also said that he knew that they were going to go to Birmingham and he knew Alabama was going to be there. I don't know about all that, but okay. I mean, I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, But he he talked about the number of opponents they played and who they played and their kin pawn and all. I mean, I thought he just – I thought he laid it out really well, and um, essentially he felt like they earned because of their schedule. They earned – uh, what they got. Well, as poorly as they've played kind of down yeah, the stretch.
1: I'm happy for Auburn, but I don't think they, they did not do well in quad one games. What were they? Three and ten or two and ten. And for a while, their only quad one win was Northwestern and there was a possibility they could be matched up against Northwestern. But they get Iowa instead. But I don't think, look, that, that, it's different now you're not playing sec teams they don't know as much about you hopefully they can come in and make a splash get by that first game and then again we don't know about houston's uh, depth we don't know if Sasser's going to be playing or not they, they'll beat northern kentucky and i'm hoping auburn can get to that second game and and see what happens there all right drew de is next we'll talk some sec
2: tournament and look ahead to the ncaa tournament the madness has begun Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP.
5: The ball is ticked, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. In all the years, no one knows just how hard you work. But now
2: it shows. All right, 633. That's the sound, or you know it. You know it well. Give uh, Nick a call, 694-1055, and be qualified for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. It's set for Wednesday at Moe's downtown. We're qualifying 58 of you and leaving eight spots open for those that come by Moe's. You have a chance to register. You come in. We give you a team that is in the tournament. That tournament or that team wins the national championship. You get two one-hour jet ski rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile, plus a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress. Can't think of a better way to kick off your march than with the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge.
1: Let's talk uh, talk talk some SEC basketball now with Judy Arman. He's our basketball analyst, as he is with many people. He's got his own talk show up at Huntsville, getting ready to go on the air in about 25 minutes. Drew, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
3: Hey, welcome, guys! It's great to be back with you. Happy March Madness, uh, best time of the year if you're a basketball fanatic, and uh, looking forward to it, man. It was a great week in Nashville,
1: Alabama, all the way.
3: I mean, I, I think they've got a, I think they've got a shot, you know, uh, and that's all you can ask for. I think they're as good as any team in the country. I think they got a good draw, guys. Uh, you know, now you have to go out and you have to be ready. Now, you know, Nate Oates just talked about how they bounce back. Strongly from the five losses, well, you can't lose now. I mean, you have to be prepared and ready to go. And I think part of what they've done with tweaking the starting lineup and getting Javon Quinley back uh, as the starting point guard has really helped. Uh, He was once again, as they say, March JQ. And uh, he was really, really strong. Even when he didn't score the ball against Missouri on Saturday, he had seven assists and only one turnover. And as you guys saw yesterday, he got it cooking early. Uh, And really, I thought, was the key for them to relax offensively when he made a couple of threes in the first five minutes. And, of course, Sears made the first three of the game. And I just thought Alabama got off to a really good start against A&M. And and the biggest thing, though, guys, is they defended and rebounded so well in all three games.
1: So if Alabama doesn't come out of the South into the Final Four, who would be the team that would?
3: Well, that's a great question. You know, uh, I think when you look at the bracket, uh, and you kind of uh, start analyzing uh, the South region. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, you know, when I look at it, I think I really I like the Arizona team. I think they're really good. I watched them in the Pac 12 championship game. Tommy Lloyd does a great job. Uh, and then also, when you, you kind of look at programs like Baylor, uh, but I think a sleeper to watch out of there, though, uh, a couple of them actually. Uh, if it's not Alabama, I would still, even though I like Arizona and I like Baylor. I would look at a team like Virginia with Tony Bennett and their, and their pedigree uh, and, their, and their play style. And then I like Creighton as well, who I thought was a lot better the second half of the season coming out of the Big East and may have been, uh, that with, along with Marquette, the two best teams in that week. Is Creighton, if you guys remember, was a top-ten team in the preseason, uh, started really slow and got it rolling. But if it's not Alabama, I would go with either Virginia or Creighton.
1: Drew, I'm not surprised Alabama won. I am surprised is how they manhandled the opposition. There wasn't a competitive game going down to the wire among their three wins.
3: Yeah, they played really well, guys. I mean, I, I didn't think they played their best basketball the first two games offensively, uh, but defensively and rebounding, I thought they were really locked in. Uh, you know, Mississippi State has uh, trouble scoring. They're not with but, but they and they did a good job of containing Tulu Smith and making him earn all 17 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, and you know, and state struggles from the perimeter, and then with Missouri, I thought they did as good a job as you can see. Kobe Brown's from my area; he's a first-team All-SEC. I think he's a top-five player in the conference, and they held him. He was he, he was he had 24, you know, on Friday, and they held him uh, to six, six points and seven rebounds on Saturday, and then uh, on. Sunday, they played their best offensive game against a program I have so much respect for, Buzz Williams and A&M. And I I thought Buzz Williams and A&M kind of got shafted a little bit by the committee. I thought they should have been a five or a six. But I think in the end, their pre-conference schedule, the weakness of it, uh, probably hurt them. And it's why they're a seven. All
1: right. uh, Let's go quickly through the rest of the SEC. I want to get your take on how far you think they can go. Let's start with Auburn playing in Birmingham as they open up with Iowa.
3: They got a really tough draw. I mean, I was a really good offensive team. uh, But if Bruce's guys can, you know, win the first round, I think especially with Sasser's uncertainty, they can give Houston some problems. Uh, I still would pick Houston to come out of that pod, uh, you know, and uh, and get to the Sweet 16. But I think Auburn's got a shot. And then, you know, I I also kind of like Mississippi State's draw because, you you know, as you guys know, March is a is a game of match or is, you know it's matchups, and I think Mississippi State matches up pretty well with Pitt, especially if Tulu Smith can get it going and they get decent perimeter play from DJ Jeffries. Uh, you know I think they could have a shot against Iowa State because they've already beaten TCU, and then we're talking about Xavier and Kennesaw State. I think Xavier's a, a really good team. Uh, Colby Jones from Mountain Brook is their best player, uh, but I think I do think Mississippi State could be a sleeper coming out of there. And I, and I will say this too. Bose Williams, they got a really tough draw. They're going to have a tough first-round game. Might be the best first-round game of the tournament against Penn State, who really played well down the stretch and going into the Big Ten tournament and reaching the championship game. But uh, I and mean, then Texas is really uh, kind of overachieved uh, under a, an interim coach. But uh, I really, if you, but if I look at these brackets, at least in the Midwest, I think Mississippi State uh, has a chance to to make a uh, kind of a Cinderella run. We've seen it happen from the first four already with UCLA and BCU making Final Fours. I'm not saying Mississippi State will do that, but I think they could be a sleeper to potentially get to the second weekend because I think A&M's draw might be too tough to do that, even though I love Buzz Williams and then Auburn. I mean, when you have to face Houston, that's tough, but I do think Auburn can win that first-round game. And as you guys know, I don't think there will be a ticket available in Birmingham with Alabama and Auburn playing in the same place.
1: You mentioned Texas A&M. Yes, they have a tough draw, but wouldn't it be great if they play Texas? They can't play in football, but they can play in basketball. That would be a super second game. And I'm going to te- I'm going to throw another game at you. You mentioned Texas A&M, Penn State. I'm looking at the Kentucky-Providence first-round game in Greensboro as maybe one of the top matchups, especially with the Kentucky uh, former Kentucky player being a star for Providence.
3: Yeah, no doubt about that. That you know Hopkins. There's no doubt he's been a great player for Ed Cooley, Bryce Hopkins, and that's going to be a really interesting matchup because uh, you know Kentucky did not look good in the SEC tournament. They had really a hard time uh, with uh, Vanderbilt's guards. Uh, they couldn't keep him in front of him. Mignon. When you see him in person, Lee, he's just a really, really smooth operator, man. And uh, I got to give Stackhouse credit. You know they didn't come close to making it in the end. Uh, but I think he did a great job coaching that team down the stretch. And certainly Florida and Vandy getting in the NIT is big, too. Ten teams in the postseason. But, you know, I, I do think that Kentucky-Providence game is going to be very, very very competitive. I wouldn't be surprised if Providence marched on because I just don't trust Kentucky's guard play. And as you know, uh, when you're talking about an NCAA tournament, it, it's all about the guards, man. And, and I don't trust Arkansas either. You know, I think they can get by Illinois because I think the Big Ten's overrated. But I think Kansas is going to end it for the Razorbacks. I just, I, I, they had Arkansas put up, uh, put together a great first half uh, in the, in their SEC tournament uh, opener on Thursday against A&M, but they just couldn't close the deal because A&M is so much better at the guard spot, so much more consistent uh, than the Razorbacks, in my opinion.
1: Well, Missouri makes some waves. Now they got Utah State in uh, Friday down at Sacramento. What about them as a seventh seed?
3: You know, there's a lot of people picking Utah State. I'm going to go with Mizzou after seeing them up close, especially if Kobe Brown can get cooking. Uh, You know, I think he's a mismatched nightmare. Uh, Des Moines Hodge is really, really good. He made the all-tournament team, as you guys know, Lee. Uh, And then I think Missouri, with their offensive acumen, and they've already played Kansas. Now, the game didn't go well for them, but they've seen a, a team the caliber of Arizona. I think Mizzou could potentially give Arizona some problems. I would say I'd take Arizona in a close game because Arizona has a lot of size and length, Uh, but it's going to be really interesting. And then of course, too, we really haven't talked about Tennessee, Tennessee getting a four seed. I thought they probably should have been a three, uh, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. And they've got a really difficult first round matchup with Louisiana, but if they get by it, and Duke wins, and Duke's been red hot, Duke and Tennessee would be a really interesting round of 32 matchup, potentially, guys.
1: All right, Drew, as you get ready for your show, give me your final four right now. Your, your final four, and we won't hold you to it.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I really think Alabama can come out of the South. I mean, uh, I, to me, I, I think, you know, they. I, I think they got a really good draw. I think as long as they stay focused and with attention to detail, defense and rebounding, I think offensively, uh, you, know, they, you know, they're good enough. And, they, and the one thing I, I love about Alabama is they can win playing fast or they can win slowing it down. Because I really thought they tried to slow it down a little bit against Mizzou uh, and control the pace a little bit. And I thought they did a really good job. And, look, I mean, I know that Sasser is a little bit questionable, but I think he's going to play. I love Houston and their DNA. I love, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Kelvin Sampson and his success in the tournament. So I would go Alabama and Houston out of the south and the midwest in the West region right now, I don't know that I trust Kansas completely uh, because uh, you know Bill Self. That's, he, I know he's out of the hospital now. But that's a little bit iffy, uh, you know, right there. Uh, and I really like Mick Cronin a lot as a tournament coach. I would probably go uh, UCLA coming out of there uh, as a two seed, and then in the East, guys. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, you know, some people might think I'm a homer because. I, I've, I've been a Duke guy my whole life, but I really like the way Duke's defending. Filipkowski is playing at a great level. I would say Duke, so I think I'm going to go with a five seed in Duke making the Final Four. And like I said, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go Duke, UCLA, uh, you know, Houston, and Alabama in the Final Four in Houston.
2: Drew, great stuff, man. Never short storyline, especially this time of year. Have a great show. It should
1: be a good one.
3: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it.
1: Do you like to see Alabama and Houston in the championship game in Houston? Uh, of course, I like to see Alabama against anybody in the championship game. So, I, I guess that goes without saying. But I mean, a rematch?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think people. I don't know how. I think a rematch in basketball would be a little would be received a little differently than a rematch in football for sure. By the way, I was reading up. Do you know what the odds are for a perfect NCAA tournament bracket?
1: Infin- Infinitesimal. What is it like? It,
2: a is that billion? even a word? That, that sounded like it was a word. Is a that trillion, a word? Is it
1: trillion to one or something?
2: No, it's like, it's like worse than that. Oh. It's like. I can't go higher than that in my <clears throat> vocabulary. So it was explained by this guy who's a uh, professor at the U.S. National Museum of Mathematics. Nine quatillion, which is basically a nine followed by 18 zeros. There's, so to put it simply, um,. There's a better chance of a family of four getting struck by lightning. Like, we talk about the chance of you getting struck by lightning. Like, there's a better chance of four people in the same family getting struck by lightning than one person coming up with a perfect bracket. There's also another comparison. You have better odds of winning the Powerball with two consecutive tickets. Than getting a perfect bracket. Think about that. There's a stat out there. That there's a 1 in 10,000 chance. That you could get injured by a toilet. You have a chance of getting injured by a toilet. And it's a far better chance.
1: Yeah I know there's. I was listening yesterday. There's one. I guess it was radio station or some service offering a million dollars if you get a perfect bracket.
2: It's worth more, though, from what I can gather. I mean, seriously, yet we continue to do it. Of course. We continue to try it. Not- Chick-fil-A.
0: <laughs> I could eat that seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right.
2: Here we go. We're wrapping up our number one here on this Monday edition with a chance for you to win a little something something. What do you got for us, Lee?
1: Alabama going to the 23rd NCAA Tournament Appearance in Program History. They have earned a number one seed. Name the last SEC school to get a number one seed. And it's been a while hasn't happened for a while they have the first uh, SEC school to get a number one seed since give uh, Nick a call at six nine four 1055 and you get yourself a nice little gift card from chick-fil-A
2: so here's here's a so this guy was explaining in other ways how, how what a long shot is for a perfect bracket um, if I asked you to pick One second, Lee, one second, any random second in 292 billion years, that would be the equivalent. So if you just said pick some random second out of 292 billion years, that's that's one of the equivalents.
1: I don't even know if I want to go pick a... Do a bracket now. No, I, I am. I we'll have fun with it. We'll pick the teams that will win. By the way, uh, we got to get, since you teased it, Reggie Drummond. Reggie Drummond. Plate oh,
2: umpire. Plate oh, umpire. Yeah. So, a plate umpire. Did you guys see the UNO Mississippi Valley State game? I think it was Friday. It was, fr- I believe it was Friday. So, this was a throwaway non-conference game. UNO was up. Right. They were going to win. They're in the bottom of the ninth uh, or the top of the ninth rather because it was a home game. Mississippi Valley State was at the plate. Dude took a uh, called strike two. did not agree with the call. I didn't. It was hard. It was the the video came from behind the pitcher, so I don't know if you saw the second the the called second. It was strike. below the ankles. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see where it could drop. I didn't. It was see, a so below anyway, the ankles. He got very animated, man. He was he was hopping and jumping around, but he composed himself, got back into the box, and then Uno and even even the guy calling it for Uno was like that. Basically, said it was a terrible call, but then the next the next pitch was in the batter's box. On the other side of the plate, dude rung him up for called strike three, and the UNO announcer went absolutely berserk. Talk about how terrible it was. He's like, we won the game, but it was terrible. So the UNO catcher actually had to restrain the hitter from Mississippi Valley State from going after. It was almost like, if you could read body language, it like, it was almost like he was saying, dude, we know. We know. Just calm down. Well, and then the next day, I think it was the Southland conference, suspended the umpire it was the most atrocious most egregious error you will ever i i I refuse to even call it an error let me rephrase because it it, it seemed like it was done on purpose like he was like i'm done you're done i've had enough this game is over it was seriously and, and i'm not i don't think i'm over exaggerating this when i say this the worst called three strike i've ever seen
1: I would say this. First of all, the batter, I think his name was uh, Mims or something like that. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't thrown out, though, after the first pitch that was controversial, even though it was not a strike or didn't appear to be a strike. When a batter like that is jumping up and down and just going nuts, I'm surprised he didn't get tossed then. But then, of course, the umpire compounded it and called the – you know, the third strike on a pitch that was so far outside, you couldn't have hit it with the proverbial 10 foot pole. It reminded me, and this is where I need some help from your crew of apps. Um, Back when, when the Braves lost that playoff game, I think it was the late nineties and the plate umpire. And I just can't remember his name was calling pitches all over the place. The Braves were like stunned. They were getting called out on pitches that were so far outside. That's what it reminded me of in, in a, in a sense and I, I think once once somebody, uh, apps in with the name, I'll you know it'll it'll come to me. But even like Chipper Jones, like they were they were just standing up there, and these pitches were so far out. I would have liked to have heard Reggie's explanation on the third strike, the one that was so far outside. It was almost a wild pitch, and get his take on, you know, did you really was it personal? What, did, you know how could you possibly call that a strike do you need glasses you know the proverbial do you need glasses or something like that but uh yeah it, it was a bad situation but again i'm going to tell you mark with the batter what he did i'm surprised he didn't get tossed you can't college kids these days you can't do much college get kids tossed. today no i mean baseball is very strict on that And this guy was jumping up and down and leaping around, and he was pretty ticked off about that first strike, or the second strike, I should say. But it was,
2: I I, I can honestly say, and clearly I don't watch as much baseball as you, but I've never seen a pitch that. Think about, you remember uh, uh, in Major League when uh, Rick Vaughn hit the backstop? It was almost that bad. You know when he goes, ball four, ball eight, ball 12, Savon has walked the bases on twelve straight pitches. I just don't see how they're laying off pitches that close. I mean, that's how far out it was. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It's good times though. You you would have had, and for the record, I mean, U N O was up. Somebody in the app asked what was the score at the time. U N O was up seven three. Like there was little or no chance. Uh, of course, Mississippi Valley wasn't going to get anything to hit either. But uh. But just an unbelievable. I mean, it made national I thought, news. Like
1: I said, you pointed out, I thought when their catcher went over to restrain the batter, that was kind of neat, though.
2: Yeah. yeah. He was ready to, to did we get off. do we get a winner, Nick, on the Chick-fil-A? Yeah,
4: Glenn is our winner.
1: Kentucky was the answer. 2015, last time a SEC school was a number one seed.
2: Another busy edition. It's our number two. That's right, 705. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the Sports Station
1: WNSP. So the SEC tied with the Big Ten for most teams in the NCAA tournament, whereas the prediction was that the Big 12 would get the most. That did not happen. Alabama one of eight sec schools as the overall number one seed the first time the SEC's had a number one seed since 2015 also uh, they'll open up with uh, the winner of the th- tuesday night game between texas a&m and so- uh, corpus christi and southeast missouri state that'll be thursday in birmingham at 145 and later on that evening at 550 Auburn will open up with Iowa in Birmingham as the ninth seed against the 8th seed Iowa Hawkeyes. Other SEC schools going, Texas A&M a 7th seed, Kentucky a 6th seed, Arkansas an 8th seed, Tennessee a 4th seed, Missouri a 7th seed. Mississippi State will have a play-in game uh, tomorrow night. Some of the other headlines before we get to our golf report. The uh, NFL Carolina Panthers have traded up to get the number one overall pick. In the NFL draft, they've given up uh, four draft picks to get into that position. A couple of uh, NFL coaching, uh, I say coaching, uh, actually Hall of Famers passed away over the weekend. Bud Grant, the former Viking coach at the age of 95, and the great receiver for Kansas City, Otis Taylor, at the age of 80. Will Wade, looks like he's going to be back on the sidelines coaching McNeese State, coaching uh, firings at Wichita. St. John's, Georgia Tech, South Florida. Auto racing for the second consecutive week. William Ryan wins the NASCAR event and now in golf, the Players' Championship. And for that, the Miller-Like-Off report featuring John Ricchetti. Johnny, what happened this weekend?
6: Well, another, uh, another big-time player stepped up to the occasion. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, with, uh, with a p- great performance. I think he was the only player in the field to shoot all four rounds in the 60s as he captures the Players' Championship yesterday at TPC Sagres in Point Vedra, Florida on a very, very difficult golf course. Uh, he shot a 300 par 69 yesterday for a five shot victory over Terrell Hatton, who shot a uh, low round of the day, 7 under 65, had to sit in the clubhouse and wait, but uh, 12 under par was not quite good enough, even though that did add, end up running up finish for Terrell Hatton. But Scotty Scheffler um, picks up his sixth. PGA Tour victory and uh, and those wins have come in just 392 days uh, since he started playing on it, picked up his first victory. Now in the last year and changes, he's won six times on a PGA Tour and he moves to the number one position uh, in the world golf rankings. He's now the number one player in the world. surplanting so John Rom, who had to withdraw prior to the second round, due to an illness. So uh, Scottie Scheffler is your new number one player in the world, and uh, he played some spectacular golf, as I mentioned, on a very, very difficult golf course. So congratulations, congratulations, Scottie Scheffler. Mobiles, Robbie Shelton did not make the cut, struggled in round two under tough conditions, uh, did not make the cut along with Rory McElroy, another player uh, that did not make the cut yesterday and uh, a lot of action yesterday you've seen if you get for folks you had a chance to watch a lot of players uh, down the stretch on that intimidating 17th hole at tpc which i think is probably the most riveting hole in all of golf and uh i've seen a lot of balls in the water yesterday of these great players it was only playing like 133 yards yesterday but uh, a lot of golf balls found the water yesterday and as i watched it yesterday and i kept uh along with a few guys and I just told them that this term is not over until that land, until Scotty Shepherd's ball hits land on 17, and he he had a great pitching wedge in there uh, and pretty much and that wrapped up this uh, players championship and the 4.5 million dollars along uh, with them. I think that's the largest purse ever in the world uh, on the PGA Tour. and Scott Scheffler picks up $4.5 million. We'll be on the air tonight live at 6 o'clock from Felix's Fish Camp. We'll announce the, uh, the Hancock Whitney Bank High School Golfer of the Month. This young man will be with us tonight at 6 o'clock from Felix's Fish Camp.
1: Appreciate it, Johnny. Have a great week. We'll check in with you on Friday. All right. So I got got another one for you,
2: Lee. So we talked about this 9.2 quintillion in one chances. Uh, According to researchers in Hawaii, there are 7.5 quintillion grains of sand on Earth. So if I said for you to go pick one specific grain of sand in the entire world that I'm picking, that I'm suggesting you go pick— You would still have a twenty-three percent chance, better chance of picking that one grain of sand,
1: than you would of completing a perfect bracket. How many brackets would you have to fill out to get a perfect bracket? Meaning, you'd have to every combination. You'd have to pick out nine point. I don't know. You'd have to. You'd have to pick out. I mean, do every. Mathematically, I don't know, but you'd have to do every scenario. Yeah.
2: So here, that that reminds me, we have this conversation every every year. How many brackets do you all fill out? Because I again, I feel like if you if you do multiple brackets, I'm not sure that's real sincere. There. I mean, I guess I get it. We all buy multiple lottery tickets when you go across the line. There's no point in going out and buying just one, but. I knew a guy that literally did, like, eight or ten brackets and did them with all these sorts of different anal- – Like, dude, I ain't got that kind of time. Like, you're lucky if I get five minutes with a bracket and I'm knocking them out. I just – how many brackets do you all fill out? You fill out one? Just one. What about you, Nick?
4: Um, You're a multiple bracket guy. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, but not egregiously. Like, maybe two If I'm if I'm – like, any group I'm entering a bracket into – I don't have, like, a, a solid bracket that I'm just copying and pasting. I, I'm mixing it up every time. But, like, for the WNSP bracket pool, there's only going to be—you can only do one entry in that. So, as far as I'm concerned, anytime we reference a bracket on this show until the tournament ends, it has to be the one that we've entered into that. Mark, I let like me it.
1: say this. If I wasn't here to do the morning show or employed to do a show— I wouldn't even fill one out.
2: It does make the tournament more interesting. And I say this a lot. So I encourage you, if you've never done one, and I, and I can't believe there are people out there that haven't, but I'm sure there are, I would encourage you to do it because it's a little bit like fantasy football. Like, it will it will encourage you to watch games that you would normally not watch because you're curious to see how your picks go. So I, I would tell you, it does add to the excitement. And you don't have to put money on it. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to have skin in the game, but it adds a little excitement to what is going to be the next two weeks of nothing but college basketball. Yeah. I will do mine at some point today. Well, one, and one. It, it's also really fun whenever one. they they do that announcement
4: where it's like, oh, seventy percent of brackets have been eliminated yeah. already after like the third game, and you're still in. Yeah, They're like oh man, because I'm pretty sure it's an ongoing thing that whoever, whenever, if ever. There is a perfect bracket uh, that you're gonna, you know, come with out with my luck. Well.
2: Though I'll have the perfect bracket, but I would not have submitted it into any of these, you know, win a million dollar competition. Like it'll be this piece of paper that I did in pencil that no one will believe that I did before right. the tournament, and then I feel like I've lost my chance to win the lottery on this useless piece of paper. Like if I had to choose between a perfect bracket and a Powerball, clearly I'm going Powerball. And with my luck, my one lucky, like, strike it rich moment will be the NCAA tournament bracket. Yeah, You got to get it submitted. Yeah.
4: But you, I feel like, see, if you get the perfect bracket over hitting the Powerball, you're getting a lot more publicity. I don't need the publicity. And then every year that March Madness comes around, they're always gonna be referencing old Mark Heim in that perfect bracket.
2: And you'll never ever be able to live up to that expectation again. Like they'll have you on all the shows and be like, right. So, Mark, what do you think? And they'll I'm make like a movie about you, yeah. you'll write a book. Yeah.
1: I'll take the Powerball, thank you. Just saying. And like you don't get publicity on winning a Powerball? You have about Na- name me three thirty Powerball to fifty. Winners. It's not about that. It's when you win it and your name gets out there, all the people that are after you. Yeah, that's I, the deal. I'm going anonymous, man. I'm, I'm right. slipping yes.
2: through the For back example. door of the, the supermarket get, I get bought it at. Yeah.
1: Investors, anybody that's ever existed that has a name Heim calling you. And you got right.
2: these like you get these sad letters and correspondence oh, yeah. about how I need money
1: and right. of... uh, I've my not, my not car o- broke down in Nicaragua. Can you help me out? <laughs> Please. I'm not
2: I'm not I'm not answering a single correspondence for if and when I win lawyers, the Powerball.
1: Lawyers, lawyers calling you. No, it's... Nope. If we didn't talk before I won the Powerball, we ain't talking after. And how many times have you read where many who have won wind up destitute? That won't be me. Not me.
2: I'm going to invest it wisely. No, I'm buying everybody to lunch. Let's go, city. We're going to lunch. Jeez, the city <laughs> of, <laughs> of Mobile. <Romeo. laughs> All right, 716, let's do this Let's do scoreboard traffic and weather Taylor Zarzer at 730 uh, On some NFL, Roger Hoover at 8 o'clock On Alabama, how about you guys when we come back On Alabama and Auburn Both in Birmingham, what? How crazy is this year NCAA tournament Your Crimson Tide, the number one overall Seed Stay with us, we're rolling along on this Monday edition Right here on the sports station, WNSP
3: Hi, this is Phillip Rivers, football coach at St. Michael Catholic. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. The ball is ticked,
5: and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. In all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it's showing.
2: A chance uh, yet again for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. It's right. Be the first to get Nick on the phone at 694-1055, and you will qualify for a chance. Come on by Moe's on Wednesday, whether you qualify or not. And we will have spots available to get qualified or registered when you get there. You uh you will be uh awarded a team in the tournament. If that team wins the national championship, you get two one-hour Jet Ski Rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile on Dog River, plus a Smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress. Going to be a great event on Wednesday. Come on out. We're qualifying 58 people on the opening kickoff and uh, the final drive with eight spots available when you come by Mose, Who do we get there, Nick? That would be Jason. Nice job, Jason. Be listening. We still have multiple opportunities today in the morning in the afternoon today and all day tomorrow as well. Also get uh get registered for our bracket challenge. The link is in our app at wnsp.com and on Twitter at 1055wnsp.
1: So the eight games in Birmingham Thursday. The first game, you've got Alabama and Texas A&M Corpus Christi or Southeast Missouri State. That's a 145 game. You got Maryland and West Virginia and then that evening, you got number 1 Seed Houston taking on Northern Kentucky at 820 and number eight Iowa and number nine Auburn at 550. You wrote a story about tickets. Are there any available?
2: All from third party vendors. Yeah, there's always tickets. Uh, but I mean,
1: can you buy? Can you actually go on site and
2: uh, un- no, unlikely, but you can go to StubHub and Vivid Seats and Seat Geek and those type places. Interestingly enough, because the Uh, the locations were announced prior to, but the times were not initially. So there's two sessions on that first day. This, the first session, if you jumped on them and it was a bit of a gamble, but if you, you jumped on the first session, they were relatively cheap. My guess is, and I have not looked since that story posted My guess is the Session 1 prices skyrocketed when Alabama was named to that first session. Now, you can get uh, passes for all sessions, which I'm sure
1: have doubled in price as well, but uh, that'll be a tough ticket to get. So you mean the Northern Kentucky fans may have difficulty? Uh, I find it interesting that not only do you get Alabama and Auburn both going to Birmingham, but— you also get two number one seeds. You get Alabama in the afternoon and Houston in the evening.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a great sight uh, with with some high-profile teams. Uh, and what a—just a crazy 24 hours. We mentioned it. I mean, Alabama just beat the ever-living crap out of everybody in the SEC tournament. And um, they are firing all in all cylinders. And did so amidst some controversy, right? So Vanderbilt fans screaming, Brandon Killer— and then, yet one Alabama fan who uh, did not want to be identified for rightfully so wearing a t shirt where on the back it says, what, what is it, killing our way through the tournament?
1: Yeah. You know, Mark, say wow. what you want about Nate Oates. He obviously did not have, he didn't do a very good job when all this was coming down, the drama. But I will say this, he's really got his team focused. And maybe, as Drew Diarmond said, they didn't maybe play their best basketball, and nobody could playing three games, you're going to have lulls. And I know in one game, I'm trying to remember, they all flow together. I think it was game two. They couldn't hit a three in the first half, but they just took over in the second half. And when they start scoring their threes and they have so much talent out there and they're so long and athletic, they really make it difficult. And if they play anywhere like they did in the SEC tournament, I have them winning it all right now. As I Look, that's not... That's not being a homer. Just about everybody else, uh, every talking head, is picking Alabama right now because number one, they have Brandon Miller. Well, Well, you could,
2: you could, they everybody could still be calling uh, for Alabama to win, and you could still be a homer. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying it's still
1: possible. Well, they can say whatever they want, but they'd be wrong on that because it's not just me. It's virtually everybody on that ESPN podium yesterday picked Alabama to go the distance. Dick Vitale, Reese Davis. And the list goes on and on. I think Jay Billis was about the only one who did not. And I'm trying to remember. Who he, I don't remember who he did pick. But they had like Alabama beating Arizona uh, and getting to the final four. It would be really something if Houston can get there and then play Alabama for the championship game playing in Houston.
2: All right, uh, Taylor Zarzer is set to join us next. Yes, that Taylor Zarzer, formerly of WNSP fame. Talk a little NFL. Uh, Roger Hoover at 8, and Sonny Smith at 8.30. We still have to get more guys qualified for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. We also have some South Alabama Jag tickets to give away as well. It's a busy Monday. Hang with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. so for all right 732 welcome back in man thanks for uh, making us part of your morning at 732 and uh i'm mark that's
1: lee and uh we're in the studios of wnsp taylor sarzer uh the one-time host of the afternoon show is on the line with us right now from i assume from charlotte north carolina of course, uh, he is well-known as an SEC football broadcaster on SEC Network, also with golf, and he also does preseason games for the Carolina Panthers, and that's where I wanted to start out. Taylor, welcome to the show. Good morning. Uh, how are you and your family doing
7: these days? We're great, Mark and Lee. Always good to catch up with you guys.
1: That's great. I really appreciate you getting back to me so we could get you on. So the Carolina Panthers uh, move up to number one overall and they get the number one pick, giving up four draft picks, including a first rounder and a second rounder this season, plus DJ Moore and then two futures. Where What's your take on this and where Carolina may be thinking? And, and I assume it has to be about a quarterback, right?
7: It has to be. And it's, it's all uh, around uh, the mistakes they've made the last few years with the quarterback spot. Uh, you go back to when Cam Newton's ankle injury occurred a few years back uh, and how he he was never the same player after that. Ever since that happened, uh, the the Panthers have been struggling to find the the right quarterback. They traded for Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam played adequate football, you could say, the last couple of years, but didn't stand out, didn't uh, put them in position to to get to the playoffs and and had to have an over and had to try to overcome some injuries, too. And then they went and got Baker Mayfield last year, and that didn't materialize at all. Um, So instead of trying to go with someone else that's already been in the league and hasn't put themselves in position to be successful, why not get the first pick in the draft and, and go that route instead? And you're right, they gave up a lot. They gave up D.J. Moore, who was quite possibly their best receiver, and they gave up those four draft picks. But if D.J. Moore stayed on this team, they were probably going to have to pay him in the neighborhood of $20 million. So I think the Panthers have decided they're going to go in free agency and try to find a a receiver to replace D.J. Moore, not spend as much money on that player as they would have had to spend on D.J., and go uh, step up and try to uh, select their own quarterback. They can select any player they want, obviously. But like you said, almost certainly it'll be a quarterback, and and I would guess it would be between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young.
1: That's where I was going next. What do you think? Well, where would you like to see them go? You obviously having seen Bryce Young many times broadcasting, what direction?
7: Yeah, I think it's um, – to answer that question, Lee, I would like to do exactly what the Panthers are doing, which is they're going to spend as much time with both of those players and probably not just both of them. I'm sure they'll give a look to Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback, and, and maybe look at a few others too. But Stroud and Young, they're going to spend every bit of time they can in the next five, six weeks determining who would be the better quarterback um you're right i've seen a whole lot more of bryce young than i have of cj stroud and and doing many of bryce's games Uh, i'm a fan of cj stroud though i think this guy had a terrific career at ohio state and honestly i think he's the best ohio state quarterback of all those quarterbacks have uh, played the position in the last 10 years at least the most pro ready of all those justin fields included by the way. I think Stroud could be a better pro than Fields can be. Certainly is a better passer than Fields is. Um, but I would easily say Bryce Young, if he were two three feet taller and he was built a little bigger than he is. I love all of his intangibles. I think the guy is an incredible leader. He is a um, somebody that loves the game of football. He overprepares. For every uh, game that he's ever played in, he's really good at improvising. Maybe the antithesis of Tua, and you know Tua, if the first read isn't open, really struggles in improvising. Uh, Young is incredible in that role, and he do- he does a very good job of protecting himself, unlike Tua does playing the position. But I do worry, even though he's so good with the intangibles, will that frame hold up at the NFL level for many years to come? That would be my concern. I think it's everybody's concern as it relates to Bryce Young. Uh, but I think that they're going to, well, I know they're going to go to both of their pro days. They're going to spend a ton of time with both of those quarterbacks and then come to a conclusion. Josh McCown, who used to be a quarterback for the Panthers and has lived in this area for a long time, is now part of the coaching staff. He, before he got the job on the Panther staff, was raving about Stroud and said how he feels he is by far the best quarterback prospect. So many here in Charlotte think that Stroud has an edge over Bryce Young going into this process.
1: So let's see if memory serves me, which is never good. Uh, Sam Darnold still there, right? Walker, is he still there? And Well,
7: they, they, they technically are still here, but um, I think most people would be shocked if either one of those guys is uh, is on the roster by the time we get to the 2023 season.
1: What about the old Miss quarterback, the one that came in there, the, the rookie and got hurt?
7: yeah he uh, and then he got hurt his uh he had a Liz frank injury uh last year in the preseason in the game in a game that we did last year he will he will certainly be on the roster i would think that they would probably go find a journeyman quarterback that would battle with whoever the draft pick is and uh and the rest of the crew too but um no, I, I think that uh, the, the Carolina Panthers are hitting the reset button as it relates to the quarterback spot.
1: I think that's because they brought in a new coach, a whole new regime, with Frank Reich.
7: That's exactly right. Yep, Reich coming in uh, with a new offensive staff and a new offensive game plan. This is a defense that was really good last year. I mean, you guys uh, that watch you know Saints games all the time could, could see for yourself how good the Panthers' defense was. Last year, so I don't think you're going to see a lot of changes on that side of the football. But I do think that this offense needs to be overhauled uh, if they're going to have any chance of getting to the playoffs. Though the NFC South has as many question marks in the entire division, so by far more question marks than any other division has going into the season.
1: Taylor Zars joining us, mobile native and a former afternoon talk show host, now doing a lot of work golf. Uh, SEC football, Carolina football. So let me ask you now about the NCAA tournament. Uh, now I'm trying to remembering your teams. I know you were a huge Alabama football fan, but when it came to basketball, I think you were North Carolina, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken.
7: So I, every, we, you, we always talked about this, Lee. I not re- I really have, and I'm not trying to get out of your question by right. by saying giving you a political answer here. But um, as a kid, yes, growing up just like anybody else. I had my favorite teams, but uh, let me make this clear, and I hope you can appreciate this. Um, When you get into this business and you start covering teams, you start cheering for people. And I've got as many people that I love that are Auburn Tigers as as any school in the country and that are Duke Blue Devils and NC State Wolfpack players and coaches. So um, I'm, I'm 45 years old now, Lee. I don't have any teams when it comes to college sports.
1: Mike, where I was going though with this, North Carolina electing not to participate in the NIT has that created any kind of firestorm up there, or are people surprised at that?
7: Yeah, uh, people are disappointed that they have not taken the opportunity for their team to to play more games. Um, you only have one chance to be in college and and compete and and try to win, and, and while they can't win a national championship this year, and their season was a colossal disappointment, Um, the idea of not playing any more basketball is one that I think a lot of fans uh, in this area are having an issue with, not just Tar Heel fans, but I think Duke fans and NC State fans and and any fan uh, of any school is kind of scratching their head at the fact that they've just decided to up and end their season and, and not play any more basketball. It's a disappointing decision. I'm not, you know, I get that Winning the NIT might not be the end-all, be-all. Certainly, uh, that tournament has nowhere close to the cachet that it once had decades ago. But it's a chance to compete and play more basketball. Um, And the fact that the Tar Heels have elected not to do so is is rather disappointing. It also speaks to I think the fractured, just how fractured this team was. I mean, they're the only team in the history of college basketball that was preseason number one in the country, at least since the field expanded in 1985. And, and so that's what? That's 39 seasons of college basketball. They are the only team that was preseason number one that did not make the NCAA tournament. And this is a team that had a double-digit lead at halftime in the national championship game last year that basically came back intact. They didn't have Brady Manick, their great three-point shooter, They replaced him with another good shooter in Pete Nance. But the rest of that team all came back. Maybe they came back for the wrong reasons. Maybe they came back because of all the money that they were making in NIL endorsements. But regardless, this was a ton of talent. And the fact that they didn't make the tournament and didn't deserve to make the tournament is quite shocking, but um, yeah, incredibly disappointing that they're not that they decided to not play any more basketball. I think it speaks to just the relationships or lack thereof that this team had with each other.
1: The one of the commentators said that had North Carolina defeated Alabama, remember they had that tri- was a triple overtime game yeah. that they would have been in had they beaten Alabama in that game. I don't know if that's true, but
7: well, I mean, think about it—that's a quad one win against the overall number one seed. In all of college basketball, uh, if that team, if North Carolina had won, there's no question they would have been in the tournament had they won that game. But instead, the Crimson Tide won it, and uh, at least by my judgment, Alabama deserves to be the, the number one overall seed. This is the best team in the history of their program. It's a, it's an unbelievable tragedy what has happened around that team and what happened to that young lady, um, and it's you know it's a shame that. Uh, while Alabama is achieving all that they've achieved on the court that there's this horrible story that's, uh, that's been hanging over the program this year but I, would, I just would like to say this though, I don't think the national media has any earthly idea what happened behind the scenes and I think it's incredibly unfair as you're reading off Alabama's name last night as the number one overall seed to insert the story that comes with Alabama being the number one seed and what happened off of the court. I think that is a story. It's no question. And I think justice needs to happen in that story, but I don't think anyone covering the sport of college basketball has all of the information that they need to insert that while the name is being read off. I thought that was pretty disappointing last night, Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see what this team is, is going to do in the next couple of weeks. If they're able to get to the final four, and win a national championship uh, for the, all the decades of great football success. To, to have a team that's in this position with this kind of talent is, is quite remarkable. I, I really believe they're the best team in the country.
2: Taylor are our guest here on WNSP. Taylor, it's great to have you on again, man. It's been too long, but uh, I was going to ask you, Kind of already kind of uh, talked a little bit about it, but as, much, as long as we've covered sports now, did you ever think – you would wake up the day after a selection Sunday and see <laughs> Alabama, the number one overall seed in basketball.
7: When I was sitting in, in, in I don't know if, if you're in the same exact it's chair. Same Mark, exact chair. Uh, that same exact in, one. It's possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago, doing the afternoon show, I, I remember that they had a number one team, or they were ranked number one in the country in, in early January when Mark Gottfried was there and they were in the NIT about uh, six, seven weeks later. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen Alabama have runs before and, and have pockets of success. But to answer your question, no, I, I didn't. Uh, Nate Oates is one hell of a coach and recruiter, and this team is I'm just watching the game yesterday.
5: The ball is two and there you are. You're running for your life. All
2: right, here we go again, man. We're just, we're getting guys qualified left and right for the WNSP March Madness matchup challenge coming up Wednesday uh, at Moe's downtown up for grabs. That's right. If you get the team we're going to give you a team if that team wins the national championship you're the big winner uh how about two 1-hour jet ski rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals the only rental uh company here in Mobile right there on Dog River in fact those uh those jet skis hold up to two adults and a child so i mean it's going to be uh with the the weather i was going to say with the weather changing it changed last week it changed again this week but uh it's going to be great with spring right around the corner and then a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress on top of that. So unbelievable giveaways for our March Madness matchup challenge. And I'm sure we already have a qualifier, sir. That's right. Daniel is our qualifier. Daniel is the latest to be at most. So if you, again, if you can't get in because it's uh, very popular, yeah, we will have some slots available. So come on out to Moe's whether you're registered or not, and there's a chance that you could get registered when you get to Mose.
1: Many of the so-called experts are saying this one of the most wide-open fields, although they do acknowledge that Alabama is the team to beat. Setting aside Alabama, Mark, can't have them. If you were involved in this, which you're not— Which I'm not. Which school would you like to have? No Alabama. You have to pick a different one. No Alabama. Because that um Is Bill Bill Self will be back for the tournament? He'll be back, but you know Kansas won it last year. Winning it back, I was thinking they were a little humbled
2: there in the conference tournament yesterday. Winning
1: Uh, back to back is very very difficult. It hasn't happened since Florida. I feel like I'm leaning towards
2: little Kansas there. Uh, I would say maybe a Kansas or an Arizona. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Houston's going to do it. You know, you can't dismiss Wait. Purdue, but w-
4: when you fill out your bracket, are you going to do you have Alabama as your winner? I have not
2: yet filled it out. I will fill I always I always try to take time, get yeah. as much information from a, as many different people as I can and right before the first game, I'll hit it up. Okay.
1: I have Alabama going to the final four. But that's
2: not because he's a homer. That's because everybody's saying that.
1: No, because after watching them play this weekend and then looking at their bracket, Arizona to me, and I haven't seen enough of Arizona, they might be a stumbling block. But as you heard Taylor talk about, Alabama in one respect, and I, I think they'll go further than Auburn last year, but that was the story on Auburn last year. They had the superstar named Jabari Smith, they had depth when they took out Smith or when they took out Kessler. They brought in Jalen Williams. You had Cardwell. They had the depth. They they could substitute and not have a huge drop-off. And that, as Taylor said, that's what's happening with Alabama. I, I don't know of any other team in the NCAA, a lot of teams, when you get this far, you're only playing seven guys. Alabama can go deeper than that. And if somebody's having an off night shooting, well, then somebody else picks up the slack. For instance, Brandon Miller yesterday couldn't hit the couldn't hit the broadside of a barn yesterday in the first half, and he still winds up with twenty three points. Yeah. So I'm picking Alabama just basically because I've seen them play so much and and I like what I see. Um I don't think there's any team in that bracket. Now look. It could be you have an off night. Come on, now we know that can happen, and you might find a team that just gets red hot. But uh, my, you know, you, from what you know and from what you've seen, the eye test that I like Alabama to get to the Final Four. In the other areas, it's to me it's wide open. Now you mentioned Kansas; that's a very good possibility, but it's hard to repeat and. And, of course, you mentioned the big thing about Bill Self. Bill Self had a heart procedure done. They claim it wasn't a heart attack, but he supposedly will be back on the bench with Kansas, and I think that's a huge, huge plus for Kansas getting their head coach back.
2: Uh, Alabama, so they started Thursday, right, in the SEC tournament? Yes. So they played, they won Thursday? Oh, wait a minute.
1: No, they started Friday. Okay, so they played Friday, Friday, Friday Saturday, Sunday.
2: Saturday, Sunday.
1: I was thinking ahead to Birmingham. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: So you get, what, a couple days rest, and you're back at it.
1: They'd have to roll
2: off, what, four, five, six, seven, eight. You'd have to win nine straight from the start of your SEC tournament play.
1: Well, let's put it this way. That's when you start wondering, what are the... That's not going to be an issue, I think, in their first game, playing either Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Southeast Missouri State. Think about those schools, Mark. Whoever wins, you have less than a day to get ready, to get your legs back, and to prepare for Alabama.
4: They're not making it past the Elite Eight. Sorry, Alabama fans. Who are they losing to in I the know elite 8? have guaranteed eight? many things before and they've all been true. So, <laughs> <need> <laughs> Corey, my warning. wait a minute. <laughs> they have not. Alabama, who will they losing not to? Not make it past the elite 8. Something's going to happen. I don't know why I'm saying this. It came to me in a dream, but you know sometimes they can get hot, they can keep get going, but just as easily they can get not. And so, they can get not, oh, you know, my. those threes stop falling. You know, you got a team that gets up and they don't roll over like Auburn did. They keep that ten point lead all the way to the end. I'm telling you, Alabama fans, look, yeah, it was give a good me a run. team. All right, it that's was a one good thing. Run.
1: One thing to come out and make these guarantees. Give me a team that you think will beat them then in the Elite Eight. Uh, they
4: they playing uh, Baylor there, maybe. What? Who 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 are they meeting in the Elite? I don't have the bracket in front of me.
2: I mean, they could play Baylor, sure. So you think Baylor's be a Baylor? Baylor.
4: Shoot, they they might win. Uh, Losing the second round to Maryland, you know. Just curious. All I'm saying is, <laughs> it's a guarantee, a Nick Wiggins branded guarantee. I didn't let you down for the Oscars. I'm not gonna let you down here. Alabama is not going past the Elite Eight. Great season, historic season. How about Virginia? The road How about Virginia?
1: Very well
2: could be. (laughs) We're just naming anybody in that side of the bracket at this point. Well, I'm
1: looking at teams that are Power Five teams that have had really, really good years. Some will say Creighton could be a formidable opponent. My guess
2: is that uh, Nick would be one of those guys.
1: Nick, what if they face Missouri again?
2: You think that you think Missouri could get him, Nick? He's on the phone right
1: now. Okay, let's forget it. You got something else to talk about, anyway.
2: <sighs> yeah, yes. you guys can jump in and and uh, discuss that with Nicholas. Uh, actually, you know who you guys do need to talk to, and I, you guys have heard me talk about Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. The biggest thing I need to let you know about Aiden is he is not selling insurance. Okay, he's there to help you navigate. Uh, all the questions that you may have about Medicare um, There's several people confused by turning 65 But they're still working And so they, they don't know what to do He can help you compare those coverages Between Medicare and what you already got There was one that, uh, guy that he helped Who was getting off Medicare But because he was healthy uh, He put it off He didn't get on Medicare right away Because he didn't feel like he needed it So he helped get everything set up In that instance he had to deal with a, a, a small penalty But those are the things that he can help you navigate. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. Go see Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors on Highway 98 in Daphne across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. There's never a fee for his services. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. When we come back, Roger Hoover will join us. We have South Alabama tickets, baseball tickets we'll give away, and Sonny Smith at 830 going to be a big hour number three right here on the sports station WNSP
0: this is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee.
2: All right. 8.05, 8.05, hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on this very busy Monday edition. It's the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee, right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
1: Well, we spent a lot of time talking about the NCAA tournament, about Carolina getting the overall number one pick, which could affect uh, Bryce Young. Uh, that, that remains to be seen. And now we're going to bring in uh, Roger Hoover, who not only uh, has worked the Alabama basketball games pre and post, but he also does the play by play for baseball. And if you're listening at 8:20, I'm going to give away some tickets for the Alabama South Alabama baseball game tomorrow night in Mobile. Roger, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
8: Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, getting an early start to my time in Mobile. I uh, look forward to getting down there tomorrow for uh, Alabama against USA. It should be a great night as Alabama gets close to starting SEC play. But uh, very exciting time with everything you mentioned that's going on. Uh, it's a really great time to be part of the Crimson Tide.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to put the baseball game on the back burner for a few minutes. I also mentioned your women's basketball team is going to the NCAA tournament. But I want to get your thoughts on the Alabama bracket. The South bracket is the, over number, oh, the overall number one seed.
8: Well, I think for the Crimson Tide, uh, it's set up pretty well uh, for what this team wants to do. Uh, looking forward uh, at what they uh, first of all the matchup against uh, either Texas A&M Corpus Christi or Semo. Uh, after that, uh, you know we'll see who comes out of the first four, and then uh, you have some experienced coaches on that side of the bracket. But when you're number one seed, you're going to get a tough bracket uh, at some point. Uh, in in NCA tournament games are going to be tough no matter where they fall, kind of either early or late in a run to hopefully a Final Four national championship. So uh, I know there is the perception that it is a tougher bracket than some other regions for some other number one seeds, but these games are coming at some point uh, for all of these teams. So it really wasn't too surprising when we saw it yesterday.
1: Yeah, and many of the prognosticators, those on ESPN, pick Alabama to, the team to beat and to make it not only to the Final Four, Roger, but to win it all. What do you think about that?
3: Well, they've earned it with how
8: they played. I mean, there's really no argument with what uh, we've seen throughout the season, the way this group has you know, only had a handful of losses, bounce back from all of them extremely well, with great long winning streaks. And then uh, for a group to uh, kind of end the season on a tough note on the floor with the loss against Texas A&M, to bounce back the way they did in Nashville with three dominant victories and really there weren't too many moments where that tournament was in doubt for Alabama, I think speaks very well about what they can do moving forward on neutral court setting like they had in nashville so i think that's why you're seeing so many people pick the crimson side because of uh, the work they've done throughout the season and the fact that this is a healthy team going into the ncaa tournament and brandon miller's playing his best basketball and he's clearly the best player in the country
1: you have any uh, recommendations for anybody in this area that wants to get tickets to go to birmingham thursday
8: uh, just get ready to eat. I think Birmingham is the best food town uh, I've ever lived in, and I thought you know I maybe I would already seen that in my life in Jacksonville and even Greenville, South Carolina, but this place is the best. Uh, and Mobile's great too. I always loved my trips when I was with Jacksonville coming in uh, for baseball games against the Mobile Bay Bears, uh, just going up and down Dolphin Street, trying all the different restaurants. Uh, I thought Mobile was one of the best food towns too. So yeah, if you're coming to Birmingham, just get ready to eat. Uh, yeah, probably the best pizza I've ever had in my life is here. Southern food. Everything is here, so get ready.
1: Yeah, but let me say this. Is it, besides eating, will you still be able to get to see the games? Because I'm wondering if there's any tickets left after uh, Alabama and Auburn are both playing there.
7: Yeah, that's a very
8: good point, and I'm not sure about that. Uh, I definitely am not sure about what the ticket situation looks like in Legacy Arena, because I know those tickets were already popular before even Alabama was scheduled, uh, where where we thought Alabama would be playing in the NCAA tournament at home, and certainly nobody saw that Auburn would be uh, getting to play in Birmingham for their games. So uh, it is certainly a hot ticket.
2: Roger uh Roger Hoover I guess here on WNSP. So uh, obviously there are a lot of folks picking Alabama to win this whole thing. I'm curious, you've seen them play as, uh, more than anybody. What type of team or is there a type of style out there without naming any specific teams but that that they might be susceptible to losing to? <laughs>
8: I think the closest to it would be Tennessee when Tennessee was fully healthy uh, and handed Alabama its first SEC loss a few weeks ago. You know, playing lockdown, uh, hard-nosed man-to-man defense yeah. and slowing the tempo of the game down and then uh, playing great perimeter defense. Anybody that can do that has a chance of slowing down this Alabama team. Now, that still doesn't necessarily mean you're going to beat this Alabama team because this group has shown they can win with a lot of different styles and a lot of different lineups. They can go small. They can go big. Uh, You know, different players off the bench. You maybe, you know, Noah Gurley had barely seen the floor in the last two weeks of the season. He comes out and plays a huge role especially against Missouri with what he was able to do uh, on the floor on Saturday. So I, I think it's a group that is, that can really adapt to different playing styles, but a team that plays tough perimeter defense and takes away the three pointer as much as possible from Alabama. That's a team that could be successful. And a group, a team like that has to also be hitting three pointers on their other end of the floor. And rarely do we see that combination. Even Tennessee didn't do it that much. in That game I referenced in Knoxville back on February 15th. It, I mean, if you're playing that tough defense, a lot of times the offense just isn't there. A group would have to do that to slow down and be able to outscore this Alabama team right now. And they would have to hope that Alabama just can't find its three-point shot. And uh, the, the other team on the other side would have to be playing really good offensively and hitting a lot of shots in order to move past this group because, again, it's shown that it is um, able to rally and kind of find a way to hit that extra gear uh, that really few Alabama teams in history have been able to find.
1: Uh, we're talking Roger Hoover of the Alabama Radio Network. Roger, i got to be honest with you. I was really surprised the way they destroyed teams. I mean, even Saturday, they were way off the mark shooting. They couldn't hit, and yet they still won big in the Saturday game to get to Sunday and i thought texas a&m would give him a much better game down the stretch that did not materialize at all
8: it really didn't, and that starts with Alabama's defense. I think Alabama's defense isn't getting enough credit, uh, and that's really all that Nate cares about is the defensive end of the ball. Everyone wants to talk about uh, his offensive philosophy. quick three-pointers or getting to the rim and getting fouled, getting the free-throw line, but, I mean, this program's built on defense, and I think you've been seeing that, and that's why – and defense doesn't slump for this team either. So I think that's one thing that Alabama's been able to do remarkably well this season, and even when the three-point shots are not falling to have players like Mark if can quickly get to the rim. Brandon Miller has shown he can kind of change his game on the fly as well, uh, where it's not just a bunch of three-pointers. He's been getting to the rim a lot more lately. had that monstrous dunk yesterday that really was the exclamation point on the entire tournament. So, uh, again, it's a group that just... It's not one-dimensional, and I think that's the biggest thing that separates this Alabama team from the one that played two years ago and did the same thing as this group, won the SEC championship, won the SEC tournament. That group was still relatively one-dimensional and had to go as its stars John Petty and Herbert Jones went. This group's completely different. The depth is there, and they can play a lot of different ways.
1: All right, before I let you go, a quick note about the Alabama baseball team. I thought with Columbia coming to town, you might be coming into Mobile undefeated. Somehow the Lions took two out of three. Where does your baseball program stand now as you take on the Jaguars in Mobile tomorrow?
8: It's in pretty good shape. Uh, Yeah, undefeated uh, going into that weekend series against Columbia. Alabama was the last SEC team to be unbeaten. Uh, So uh, that was certainly good to see for Coach Mohannon. And the Crimson Tide, and they just ran into a very good Columbia team that is very experienced, uh, went to the NCAA regional last year, and uh, they just broke out the bats. Uh, a lot of the Alabama pitching that had gotten off to a good start this season just ran into some tough innings here and there. Uh, Columbia got 10 runs on Friday to pick up a win, and then uh, in the finale of the doubleheader on Saturday, had an 11-run top of the fourth inning that made it 15 nothing, and kind of took the Crimson Tide out of the game. So, uh super cap to Columbia, but overall, a uh, 15-2 and starts the season for the Crimson Tide. uh, Certainly Alabama will take that and really has taken care of business in a lot of midweek games already this season like we haven't seen in the last couple of years. So they're off to a really good start. And we know tomorrow is going to be an entertaining baseball game. Uh, The last two times these teams met ended in walk-offs. It was two years ago, Owen Diodotti hitting a walk-off grand slam at Sewell Thomas Stadium. Last year it was a walk-off wild pitch that got the winning run in for Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Now the Crimson Tide are on the road. They won't have the benefit of the last at-bat. So who knows it could be the Jags' turn to walk it off. Uh, We know it's going to be, once again, a really good atmosphere. Uh, We have a lot of respect for the South Alabama program. So can't
3: wait to get down to Mobile.
2: Hey Roger, uh, while we're talking college baseball, pardon the pun, I want to throw you a curveball. Did you did you by chance see the the Friday night UNO Mississippi Valley State <laughs> game the the viral clip?
8: I sure did, and uh, I was disgusted by it, and I was glad to see there was already some disciplinary action for that umpire. And Look, I've at long advocated for an automated uh, ball uh, strike, z- uh, strike zone because I saw way too many games in the minor leagues where the strike zone uh, fluctuated from batter to batter depending on the situation. Uh, I've seen a lot in college baseball. I would do anything to have an automated strike zone uh, for college baseball, minor league baseball, major league baseball. I'm all for it. We have the technology. Let's make sure we get the calls right.
2: Yeah, I was just wondering, how because if that happened to, and you were the your team was the beneficiary of that like the i was just wondering how you would have called that 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 final strike because the uno broadcast was very animated about it i i and he, he was as shocked as anybody i was just curious to know how you would have reacted
8: yeah, I probably would have been pretty shocked uh, because you know, with all the baseball I've seen, with all those games in the minors, and kind of in the minors, you kind of get the mindset of just you know, you call baseball fairly as much as possible. You're not too much of a homer for your team or anything like that. So, uh, I think my mind would have just like I'm a little robotic sometimes. When I'm calling a game, so it's like you know, I I have once I see it. I just say exactly what I see. I, I My wires would have gotten completely crossed trying to call <laughs> that. Even if it benefited Alabama. Like, I would have probably had to step away from the mic for probably uh, 10 or 15 seconds and really try to figure out how to politely say what happened because, yeah, I, that's uh, a very tough thing to see, what happened to that kid. Um, <laughs> and I hope it doesn't happen again. I hope the fact that it became a viral clip means that all umpires will know, hey, you cannot get away with this stuff anymore. you got to get away with it for an entire century it's time for this next century to move forward uh with balls and strikes called
1: correctly hey aside from angel hernandez do you remember that umpire Uh, all too well okay so aside from that have you ever seen a worse strike call
8: uh levon hernandez in the uh playoffs against the braves that marlin's braves uh, NLCS back in 1997 that was pretty out there uh but yes i probably have because (laughs) you know it's called enough college baseball and you know in a lot of these midweek games uh, it, it gets very very rough balls and strikes and you know i'm not somebody that likes it like you know 15 inning game the other day for alabama they kept saying, Okay, now let's have a wider strike zone so we can go home. No, I don't like that either. Like call it a ball or a strike, regardless of the score, regardless of the situation.
2: Hey man, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time. Safe travels and uh we look forward to seeing you again soon. Sounds great, guys. Thank you for having me on. That's our Roger Hoover, ladies and gentlemen. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, you said you mentioned some South Alabama baseball tickets. That's coming up next. Uh, Sonny Smith at 830. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey,
3: this is Coach Tommy Tuberville, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
5: Look at them jaguars, look at them jaguars, love the way they play that game. Look at them jaguars, scoring them
0: home runs, the sunbelt's gonna be their fame. <laughs> Sound <out of> <laughs>
1: Happy it's birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. Ah, you, did thank that you. Well. you did that for me? Yes. Yeah. That, that was I good. am a year older today. He sure is. And I'm feeling Still it. Still going strong. Well, Give him yeah. back that hour though. Seriously. Don't you wish we could not have the change. No, you know where I'd I stand like to on
2: stay this. the same. We spring forward if I run for political office. This is this is this is what I'm running on. We spring forward Friday at like three o'clock. We fall back. Sunday at, like,
1: 3 o'clock. That's going to be your— I'm going to give the
2: people what they want. That's
1: going to be your political stance? That'll be mine. That's what what I'm going to do. I could just see the flyers out there. (laughs) Change of the times. That's right. Literally. I like it. Let's uh, give away four tickets to tomorrow night's South Alabama-Alabama baseball game at Eddie Stanky Field. By the way, the Jags coming off losing two out of three to Jacksonville State. Alabama coming off losing two out of three to Columbia. And then Auburn lost two out of three to Southeastern Louisiana this weekend. Spring Hill won twice over Talladega. I'm sorry, uh, not Talladega, Tuskegee. I'm sorry. All right. Name the South Alabama player who in 2011 set an MLB postseason record of 21 runs batted in and earned the NLCS MVP and the World Series MVP award. Name that player who excelled for the Cardinals in the postseason. If you know the answer... Uh, we got four tickets here for you to attend the game tomorrow night.
2: All right. Be the first one to get Nick on the phone at 694-1055, and those tickets are yours. Man, we did Chick-fil-A, JAG tickets. We're getting people qualified for our March Madness Matchup Challenge. It's anarchy. It's anarchy. Or not. You know what would have made my birthday even complete? What? If, if Maverick would have shocked the world. Oh, and
1: one last night? And one. So you would have come in a different person this morning? No, I'm 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 repping. I got my Top Gun shirt on. I'm protesting well, the. Academy. Maybe when they do sequel number three,
2: maybe. Yeah, you know he's gonna be like filming something in space next, right? He's literally
1: going to space to film the scenes. Dude's a nut. Didn't even show up yesterday. No, I guess he, he knew. didn't even show up. I guess he knew.
2: If anybody could find that kind of information out, chances
1: are it's it's uh his ex-wife, though, got a lot of publicity from Jimmy Kimmel to start out with, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, it was just okay. And Kimmel came out of it okay. Nobody jumped up on the stage and roughed him up. No. I no. like I like the way he said that. He said, if anybody wants a shot at me, you're going to have to get by these four people. Yeah. Uh,
2: I thought it was—one uh, of my issues with the show was, like, it was—we mentioned it earlier, the the same movies— got nominated for every category it felt like like you know sometimes those switch up and some other random movies will get nominated for sound or cinematography or you know well costume I- but they it was the same like group of six or eight movies that seemed to get Everything. You're
1: right. And then the other thing that bothers me, and Kim will even address this. He said, look, I have to sit through some of your movies, so you're going to th- sit through this four-and-a-half-hour yep. production. Why, when the presenters come on, do they have to – and I'm, they're not ad-libbing. They're actually reading off a card. Have, like, for instance, and I'm not just trying to pick on the rock, but I think we all know <laughs> what a- animation is. Do we need a 10-minute f- discourse on animation? Do we need that? No. I mean, I don't mind them having all the categories and, and giving awards to people behind the scenes. But you don't have to go on and explain every single one.
4: I got a bigger people, issue. Uh-huh. People over-explaining things before they get to the point. When, when can we put an end to that? Am I right?
1: Just come on and read the people and just say, okay, here's the winner. What was the Brock wearing, by the way? That I don't know. Was that even a sh- Was that something? That that was custom fit
2: for sure. No doubt. (laughs) You don't see that on the rack, do you? Yeah. All right, we come back. uh, Sonny Smith next, right here on the Sports Station on Auburn Basketball. Stay with us.
5: The ball is too. And all the years no one knows just how hard you but now it shows. All, it's all
2: right 832 boys and girls come on get in on the WNSP March Madness matchup challenge be the first one to get Nick on the phone at 694 1055 and you're the latest to qualify we'll see you at Mo's downtown on a Wednesday up for grabs when you get the uh, team that we assign you when your team wins the national championship because it will I'm feeling it for you out there you will get two one hour jet ski rides from Gulf Coast water rentals right here in Mobile and you will get a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress. So we got you taken care of right here at the sports station. Just get qualified. And if you don't have a chance to register, get qualified on the opening kickoff or the final drive. Fear not. We left some slots open. That's right. Come on down to Mo's anyway. And you will have an opportunity when you get there to get qualified for those eight remaining spots. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, we've talked a lot about the uh, Crimson Tide, the overall number one seed. Now let's focus in on Auburn and bring in former Auburn coach, Auburn basketball commentator, and just a great guy, Sonny Smith. Sonny, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
9: I'm good. Hope you guys are.
1: I was pulling for you. I was pulling for Birmingham.
9: (laughs) Yeah, it it was a big surprise to me. Uh, to, to find both teams in the state to go into Birmingham there. Uh, I, I couldn't believe that. And uh, I, we're going to have to start calling Birmingham a basketball town.
1: Going to have to start calling Alabama basketball state.
9: Yeah, the state. The state uh, yeah, I think it, it's headed that way. You know, we were talking, uh, there was other teams in the state that did real well in their conference playoffs, too. So it was, it's a big Big time in basketball in the state of
1: Alabama. So I assume with the, and I remember we talked last week and I said I had a feeling there were some people said that it might go to, Aub- I mean, to Birmingham, so that would give you the opportunity to go and do the uh, the commentary?
9: Well, I, I doubt that I will be doing the commentary. I, I tell them late t- uh, early that I'm only going to do home games uh, because of my wife's health situation. So uh, we haven't talked, but I, I assume somebody else will probably be doing the game up there. We will talk sometime today, though.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I hope you're able to do it, but I certainly understand the situation. Sonny, what about the matchup with Iowa?
9: You know, I I do not know enough about Iowa to to really comment. I know this at, uh that's a great league, and uh, I know Sherman Diller that works there as an assistant uh, from the same high school I coached at in in Virginia. But to tell you what I think of uh, it, it, this will be the first time I don't know anything about a team because I just didn't didn't look into Iowa. I I was looking at what everybody else that way they fit it into the uh, uh situation so i didn't really check on them. i was going to do that today but uh i wish i could give you more but i can't
1: sonny let me ask you something though when you come off playing sec competition then you have to regroup quickly and get ready for a team that you're really not familiar with talk about that as a coach and is that sometimes something good because these teams don't know much about you
9: it can work either way some teams are really strong into scouting breaking down film breaking down individuals as well as team play and a lot of times it's graduate assistants and other people working on the film and then uh, as it gets closer to game week or time uh, the rest of the staff gets involved and they they take all this to practice, and uh, you you can all you can count on. It's easy to get film of, of ever every game that people play anymore. Every every team will be well scouted, so it's it's not say what it's well. Now I we don't know much about it, but I assure you that Bur- that Bruce Pearl and his staff will know a lot about it, and I bet they've been working on it ever since it was, ever since it came out yesterday. So. I expect Iowa to be well scouted, but I don't know enough to really give you an idea how good they are. All
1: right, if they beat Iowa Thursday, then they would probably take on the number one seed, Houston. How much of a home court would that be playing in Birmingham?
9: I think playing in Birmingham is a big home court situation, both for Alabama and for Auburn and I think uh I think that, uh, Houston will definitely I know the coach there real well. He would he would definitely be fired up about the fact that they had to play the you know, like a home <laughs> court for Auburn and Alabama. So I I I think uh I think they'll have to put in a little extra work. I think they'll be thinking, Boy, this is a tough site for us to go to. But I think Auburn people will be excited, the staff will be excited, and certainly the players will be, and they will be well-prepared. Auburn does a tremendous job of scouting teams, but very rarely these days do you find some team that doesn't do a good job of scouting. A lot of times if they have a little bit more time, they can do a little bit better, but this is one of those times where I think they will have more time because you're not looking at another team like two games in a week, like you would be playing during the regular season or three. So I think both teams will be well-prepared, well-scouted. And it's got it. the home court advantage is a big thing for us, I would think. And I don't. I would assume that Auburn would be calling it a home court advantage.
1: What's the most important thing in getting a team ready for the NCAA first game?
9: Well, I would think uh, – I would, I would think the, the scouting of the first team that you play, and the first thing you got to find out is is their style of play. Uh, how deep are they? Uh, who's their go-to guys? And uh, get all those things set up ahead of time so that you can get at least a couple days of practice of, of what – uh, the Hawkeyes will be about, and uh, it's uh, it's very rarely that you play a team, no matter where they are, that they're not well scouted. And some teams put more emphasis in on that than others do, and I would think that Auburn, Auburn goes into every game where the team, that, the opponent that they have is well scouted, and I think Bruce's staff, they, they, have, some, they have some assistants and graduate assistants do a tremendous job on that
1: sonny smith longtime auburn plus vcu coach they're in it also sonny you got any feelings for vcu you
9: know i try to watch their scores just like i do auburn scores and uh they got a new building there uh that they can play in on campus and it's beautiful uh they got a great coach uh they're they're a team that's got to really be what's playing a great league so uh, I'll, I'll watch their scores closely, and I keep in touch with the coaching staff there as well as I do the ones at Auburn.
1: Yeah, they're opening up with the uh, St. Mary's of California team. Uh, so Yeah,
9: like, I was in the league with St. Mary's at one time, and it, you know, I, I found out this when I was out there years and years ago, when I was coaching at Pepperdine, that, that St. Mary's didn't jump out and grab you like a great basketball school. It's hard to sell to your team and being this far away from Saint Mary's, uh, I would assume that it's, uh, that same attitude will kind of take place because St Mary's is not a, th- a name that jumps out and grabs you but I guarantee you that league is it's a basketball league and they will be well prepared and uh, there' there's four good teams in that league so that it's not they're going they to come from a league where they' just walked away with things.
1: I didn't know you coached. Were you, were you head coach or assistant at Pepperdine? I coach
9: at Pepperdine. You I coach at Pepperdine out in Los Angeles.
1: That's the most beautiful campus. Just, That's, uh, that campus. Yeah. I never had a chance to get there. I was hoping. It's right on the uh, cliffs of Malibu, isn't it? Overlooking the cliffs. Yes, and- it
9: is. Funny thing about that is, I, I, I was at Pepperdine when we were downtown. Uh, and it uh, the campus was not anything near they they moved to out to Malibu the year I left and went to Virginia Tech so it was uh I, I never got to I I've been on the new campus it's really beautiful Gary Colson the coach there is a Southerner he's from the state of Georgia coast in Georgia and uh, he uh uh, we keep in touch. He, he, he gave me a, uh, a great chance to go to L.A. because I didn't know how to merge on a freeway. I learned how to do that but by having him show me. Go down the ramp, go down the ramp, six lanes of traffic, go 60 miles an hour, and you can get over the far lane. Uh, that's about all I learned in L.A. except fear. Fear of the, fear of the traffic.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if you'll be making the trip to Birmingham, but if you do, do you, will you and Wimp get together for lunch?
9: Well, we we normally do we we do that we 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 sometimes he has a radio show uh, similar to you all, and uh, with his with his son in Tuscaloosa, and I, I get on it once a week with them. So we kind of stay in touch and uh, talk on the phone occasionally. So we probably we probably would get that uh, if I go to Birmingham. That's that's still up in the air right now.
1: Sonny, how about the SEC getting eight teams? I don't know if has that ever been done before. Eight teams in the NCAA tournament.
9: I'd say it probably has been done, but it uh, yeah, used to. It used to be the uh, everybody would look at the ACC as the team that might get eight in or seven in, six in. Uh, but uh, this, I, I think, people right now will look at the SEC as maybe the best league in the country. And uh, you know, there's some, there's, there's arguments for, for it in both ways. But uh, I, I was a bit surprised that we got eight. I really was. And sometimes where all the surprise takes place is the people that didn't get in. You know, but uh, the people that should have got in, I think, got in this time.
2: Sonny, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Exciting time for basketball in the state, and we're really oh, looking dear. forward to it. Thank you so much.
9: Oh, thanks for having me I'll always enjoy being with you guys. Thank you. So
1: yesterday, Mark, I'm, um, again, doing some homework and listening to the commentators, the talking heads. So Dick Vitale, he was, I guess, on Zoom or whatever. He wasn't at live on the podium. He picked Alabama to go all the way. And, of course, you know how excited he gets and animated. And he says, yep, you people there in that football state, Alabama basketball is it. You know, like making like, well, that's the big thing now, Alabama basketball. So he picked Alabama to go all the way,
2: all right, so want to let you guys know there's a wreck about ten minutes ago, eighteen wheeler involved. right lane is blocked near Virginia exit., uh, that's i ten eastbound. So be advised for some slowdowns in that area. Happy Monday.
1: I did want to mention also that I'll be from noon to one today out at Bachelor service. Every year we go to Bachelor service, do a do an hour show following selection Sunday. Uh, Joe Gottfried and Ronnie Arrow will be among those stopping by to offer their thoughts on the Final Four. Oh, okay, very nice. Uh, should be a good one. Lee working double duty today. Yes, uh, I, I and I I make no guarantees except that I will be there. But I don't I don't make these guarantees like some people here do. But
2: you're guaranteeing you're going to be
1: there. I am going to be you there. You just guaranteed. Yeah, I guess I did, didn't I? Yeah. That's the only you thing and Nick guarantee.
2: Two peas in a pod. You do, you guys.
1: Do you think that's? A, do you think <laughs> that? Wait a minute. Let me say. Is that a good thing? Um, is that? A, is that? Is that something I should put on my resume? Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, no. No. Don't do no, that. Don't. No, don't associate no. myself with him. I'm telling you, there are a lot of similarities with him. When I was that age, what are you? 23, 24? 12. Well, he, you know, we're acting about we're acting about total age, not like uh, maturity factor.
2: Oh, by the way, uh, I I got to bring this back up. The odds of you having a perfect maybe we'll do it in the next no, no, okay. in the final segment. Yeah, tease it the, along. The odds of of a perfect bracket are absolutely atrocious. It's deflating.
1: Gotta ask you. Sorry yeah. I interrupt. Are you one of these guys that celebrates a birthday like four or five days? Like we used to use my to be birthday week, my yeah. birthday month. You do a my day. My birthday. Is it
2: a day or a week? Nah, it's it's. Well, you know when you get to my age, you don't really. S- it's I more about the. Remember. It's more about the people around you. Like not even like we don't even celebrate. Like when my kids were younger, it was kind of more about hey, let's do something, and it's it's about them. When you get to a certain age, Nick, here, here's my get my get off my lawn speech. You, mm-hmm. you, you almost forget how old you are. Like after a while, you hit a couple of milestones. Like after like you hit the 40th milestone, mind
1: does many things to stay happy. You told me last mm-hmm. week exactly what your age was. I thought you were I right to, on. But I
2: had to th- I have to think about it now. Like I don't know off the top of my head. I have to do the math in my head. So, so f- yes, yeah, so I'm a year older today.
1: 47 You're, years ago, what was going on in this country? Anything special? I was going to look it up, but I forgot to do it this morning. I'm sorry. 47 <laughs> uh, years ago, what was special uh, besides your birth?
2: Four minutes before me, my brother was born. How about that's, that? That's special.
1: How special is that's that? That's very special. Yeah. So you're older. No, he is. He was Oh, born yeah, I'm sorry. You said yeah. all after. Yeah, so he's the older one. So yeah. do you have to take. I'm the baby in the family.
2: My sister is significantly older. Like really, really old. Oh, so you had
1: to go like through. very old. Okay, like does, ancient does old. Does she boss you around? She tries, but yes, she's older. Did Uh-oh. you know that? Uh, oh, here we go. He looked it up. <laughs> what happened forty-seven <laughs> years ago, Nick? In
4: this, on this day. In, in 1942.
2: 1942?
1: 42? Now, wait a minute. The, the United
4: States Army began training dogs for their newly established war dog program, or the Canine Corps. Ooh, that's kind of cool. I want to
2: be part of the Canine Corps. Okay. Good. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> it's an exciting day in history.
4: So, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at this, um, this day in history article for today's date. Kind of a dark day
2: <laughs> in American well, history. I'm glad I could shine a little light on such a dark day in American history. A shining moment. Yeah, that's right. What'd My shining moment. Yeah. Th- thank goodness for that
4: because otherwise, not much to celebrate. Yeah. On March
1: 13th. Okay. So your brother's name is Michael. So they went with the M's. Yes. Okay. Sister, she have an M at her first name, Michelle. No, no, no. Hey, by the way, did we ever give away the Jag Alabama tickets?
4: Uh Yeah, we did.
1: Okay, do I have to keep asking and prodding? Who won? Oh, Joe did. <laughs> nice job, Joe. Joe mama. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Just thanks, kidding. Nick, that for wasn't that. His last name. <laughs> it sounded like some of the interviews we did last week. so so, uh the answer was david freeze by the way
2: speaking of numbers 47 is a relatively small number as, as as it uh turns out the chances of completing a perfect ncaa tournament bracket according to uh a professor at the u.s national museum of mathematics which sounds just Interesting as I'll get at. I can't imagine anybody going and getting excited about going to the National Museum of Mathematics. But whatever. The uh, chances of winning are 9.2 quintillion to 1. To give you an idea of what that means, that is 18 zeros after the 9. If you go 9 quintillion. He put that in perspective. Um, that's That's like... Asking you to pick a grain of sand on Earth. But here's the thing. There are only 7.5 quintillion grains of sand on this planet.
1: Is this uh, this guy? How
2: they know how many grains of yeah. sand,
1: I don't know. Is this guy like a Nobel Prize winner or something for this genius insert? If you were to stack dollar bills, 9.2
2: quintillion dollar bills on top of each other, according to this guy, they would be stacked the distance it would take to go from Earth to Pluto 60 times.
1: And of course, he's done that, right? Sure. Hey, by the way, where is this museum of mathematics? I'm curious. I don't know. I'm just curious.
4: You're saying it takes nine quintillion dollar bills stacked on top of each other, right? Yeah. Flat, very flat object. Yeah. And it goes to Pluto and back six times? Sixty. Sixty? That's what it said.
2: It's on the internet. It's got to be right. And a
4: quintillion is
2: 18 zeros yeah that's that's a lot to get your head so nick around.
1: let me ask you this you're mm-hmm. you're not as well versed in basketball let's say as mark is you don't know uh, so how do you <laughs> well, pick don't, team? Don't how don't do you speak no 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 listen to me, listen to me. no to your you opinion. just i am oh, no, there it is. I, you're not as well <laughs> versed in basketball let's say mark i i will say i'm not either i don't follow these 68 teams and i'm sure you don't so how do you pick them what do you go by
4: Look, I don't want to deem myself a bracketologist, but I'm but pretty I will. good when it comes to making a bracket. And, you know, you can't let um, real factors influence your choices. That's where you so go wrong. Reasoning. Sometimes you got to just compare, like, you know, does a tiger, would a tiger win in a fight against a an elephant?
1: How about an elephant? Maybe.
4: Yeah, an elephant, I don't know. You know, sometimes you just got to look, hey, w- which one of these logos is speaking to me more? Uh,
1: Would a husky beat a gale?
4: A gale. Now, is this like a woman named gale? No,
1: I own a gales.
2: There was a gale in Hunger Games. That wasn't a woman. Yeah. What's
4: a gale? Is that a bird?
2: I have no idea. Look it up. Internet. All right, see,
4: for that reason, <sighs> over the confusion, the gales are losing in the first round,
2: everybody. A gale is a very strong wind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, Connecticut, I'm not, I'm not rocking with the Gales. Because I'm big on Connecticut in this tournament, and they're the Huskies. Uh, and and Iona had a really good year with Patino. Just curious. I just happened to take a look at that one.
2: Uh, Jeremy Neab said the planet Uranus was discovered on this day in history. Coincidence? I think not.
1: Huh? 47 that, that years ago? That
4: didn't pop up on my article. Yeah.
2: I had some darker moments. His but is a lot more that's entertaining. That's kind of nice. I don't. I don't know if of all the planets I want to be associated with. I'm not sure Uranus is the one I want to be associated with. Well, oh man, take what you can get. Yeah. By the way, um, uh, in that whole NCAA tournament, there's there's a better chance. There's a one in ten thousand chance that you get injured by a toilet. According
1: to this story, and that happens so often.
2: Bad bidet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad bidet would lead to a bad day. Yeah. I see what you did there. I'm just saying, so if there's a 1 in 10,000 chance of getting injured by a toilet, that's actually pretty good odds, comparatively speaking. It's that, just that amazing. Would mean that
1: amazing what you can go on the internet and say and get away with. You know, we probably all know
4: 10,000 people. That means we all know someone who's been injured by a toilet and they just haven't said anything. Or maybe it's you. Do you blame them?
1: Why would you admit? I, why would you admit you were injured by, injured by a toilet? If I were get injured by a toilet,
4: I'd have something to talk about on the next show. I'd say that.
1: <laughs> so you see, what had happened
4: was I had <laughs> yeah, walked right. in and I
2: was like kind of running, you know, because it was an emergency.
4: <laughs> Sprained my ankle. Yeah. Went from wipe. <laughs> went from wipe to wipe
1: out. Yeah. Yep. Hey Lee, what do you got tomorrow for us? Uh, Hopefully something better than this What? This is fantastic radio Ending uh, on toilets Oh, tomorrow? It's either toilets or your anus Uh, Jerry Palm, (laughs) NCAA tournament Curious about how he did Chad Pruitt from Auburn, Travis Swire, Alabama And
2: me And you, the birthday boy Yep, well don't wait up for me to get here on time tomorrow It's going to be quite the shindig at the Heim House on a Monday night Drink Yep. All right. uh, The Dan Patrick Show is next. Thanks for everybody joining in. We'll be back tomorrow at 6. Until then,
9: see ya.